Hello and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for choosing us. This week, we have another episode of our documentary series, Source Material, exploring in detail stories and scenes in the electronic music space. This episode is produced and presented by RA contributor Rowan Creera and explores the at times complicated relationship between Scottish electronic music and folklore. When you're playing with music, you are playing with time in a sense. You're playing with people's perceptions of it. You're either reminding them of the past or you're making them think about the future or something. You're suspending their sense of the normal passage of time. Expect to hear from the likes of Proc Fiscal, Twelfth Isle, the Aerial Radio team and other lands. And make sure that you hit subscribe to keep up with all our latest episodes. Here's Rowan. Hey, you're listening to Source Material. Thank you for choosing to listen today. My name's Rowan. I am part of Resident Advisors Global Contributor Network and I live in Scotland. Today I want to show you parts of my country you may not have seen represented within our clubs or necessarily here when you think of electronic music in Scotland. It will be far away from the worlds that many associate with Scottish club culture, stepping away from the legendary legacy of places like subclub, pummeling techno and the buckfast infused anecdotes that seem to define our reputation globally. Instead, we'll be looking at the otherworldly musical practices of some of Scotland's most exciting producers, radio makers and labels, unearthing themes of folk, deep time, collaboration and, of course, Scottishness that feel more and more prevalent within an ever-diversifying musical landscape. To begin, I'll be speaking to Edinburgh's Otherlands. His music merges acts of improvisation and collaboration with an intuitive connection to ideas of deep time, place and expansive worlds. Today, we'll be speaking about the Mactalana Crag project, two experimental albums released on Edinburgh's Firecracker label, fused together responses to myth, ancient landscapes, electronic music and the technologies that have traced the stories of those who came before us. I am Gavin Lyle Sutherland, aka Other Lands, also part of a group under the name of uh, Mac Tala Nan Craig, which is myself, Drew Wright, aka Hawk Neil McDonald, aka Lord of the Isles. What really instigated it was Matt Ritchie, the archaeologist for what was then Forestry Commission Scotland, is now Forestry and Land Scotland. He hit upon the idea of using a budget they normally have to promote the archaeological work they do. But he's like, why don't we make a record to promote this archaeological work? So that's how that came about. And um, that was in 2014. First of all, it was a case of pulling together the, the musicians. So obviously Neil McDonald, I already knew from us having done stuff together on the same label and having partied together over the years, if you like. Same with Drew Wright. And he was doing his own kind of thing in terms of traditional Scottish music and experimental approaches to that as well which were really interesting so both their music seemed to be a logical fit you know we went on the the field trip in 2014 and it was such an inspiration in terms of neolithic history i mean we so much of it is um i don't know it's, it's, it's unknown so it's very rich in terms of providing imaginative launch pads we were all aware of our sort of electronic roots but also the traditional 
thing already, like to some extent, with it being deep, deep history, pre far before Scottish history. It's a really interesting kind of thing to examine because all these ideas we have of Scottishness, they kind of go out the window. I feel like what maybe makes that first album quite special is not the idea that it's referencing folklore or mythology, but kind of more of the folklore that you as a group created in making the album. There was nothing else for it. We There was a sense of importance in, in doing justice to the initial remit with the first album because that first record was in a sense quite vague because we didn't have a sense of myth or folklore that w the same as what we ended up doing with the second album, which was very definitely focused on the Celtic myth, sort of Deirdre. This, uh, this myth about the Deirdre fleeing ancient Ireland, coming to ancient Scotland, and perhaps the scene of the great battle was on Dundeirdle itself. I don't know, I spent a lot of time thinking about time, funnily enough, and almost existing outside of it. I don't know, when you're, when you're playing with music, you are playing with time in a sense. You're playing with people's perceptions of it. You're either reminding them of the past or you're making them think about the future or something. You're suspending their sense of the normal passage of time. I don't know. I like this idea of the, um, the eternal instant. Gavin's work, especially under the McTellina Crag alias, situates itself neatly within Scotland's tradition of storytelling. Through collaboration and experimentation, the music brings ideas and sounds associated with a world gone by into the present day. But what does the other end of the spectrum sound like? Where folk references and notions of Scottishness are spliced up, chewed up and repurposed into music that is somehow as alluring to folk culture as it is a mockery of it. Procfast Goat is here to answer. An Edinburgh resident with historical connections to Scotland's traditional music practices, he turned heads within folk and electronic music communities with his 2021 album Sirens by Sussex, which was released on Hyperdub. Sirens by Sussex, I feel, kind of has... It's been referred to more as folk album than as an electronic album, which is super interesting as I guess you made your name making a lot of grime influenced music, which is, yeah, feels like the opposite end of the spectrum. But before, I mean, when I made the when I made the first album, I was already thinking, oh, I should do like a medieval album. I always felt it was like a funny idea to do like a medieval album. Was the folk element something that you'd been thinking about for a while? Like I went to do like a sci-fi folk album because like a lot of like um sci-fi that was when they do like a lot of like uh, greek like myth tropes and stuff and i kind of like the way they did that like um so i kind of want to do something like that with like bad squish kind of like braveheart type stuff yeah i wonder about some of the track names as well i feel like there's a lot of references to the world around you like places in edinburgh but there's also this meeting of different languages songs with gaelic and irish kind of hybrid words in them did the choice to name the tracks using these combinations of languages and references feel like a tool to lead people into a specific world? Yeah, like I kind of wanted to like have like a kind of like um, like a kind of Scottish sci-fi kind of thing and have it like in Edinburgh. Like Leaf Tone, Carnal, that tune is about like, they were like doing the trams and Leaf, so they were like ripping up the, like the streets and stuff and there was all these old uh, graves underneath the road and stuff. And I was like ripping up like, you know, fucking uh, like Gaelic vocals or whatever. So I thought it was like a parallel. There's one called like Roman Fatigue or whatever. And like Edinburgh's all full of like sort of 
um, like neoclassical buildings or whatever. It's everywhere, you know, in Scotland at least. I was just sort of tired by like all the endless sort of uh, nostalgia or whatever. Not even like just like buildings that are like held up as being like sort of beautifully classical or whatever are already like just ripoffs basically. I don't know. I'm wondering if there's any specific reference points or physical places or even mythical worlds you find yourself returning to. My granny was, she lived in a, a place up north called Akhtabu and I used to go there all the time when I was a kid and then I, when I was like 13 and stuff, I used to, well, when I was like, like 15 or whatever, I used to get high there and like listen to music or whatever and it was just like the, the biggest vibe ever. It was just, it's because it's mad, you know, it's all like glacial and like crazy highland lands or whatever and just how empty it is and shit. Like kind of weird, like a kind of deeper like musical thing so i don't know i was like listening to like fucking like boards of canada or whatever a year after the release of the album how do you feel about ideas of folk i guess where are you now with it all um i'm like working on like an album vaguely and like vaguely i kind of want to do like more like kind of world building stuff i think world building can i like making like imagining different ways of telling sort of little stories and stuff i'm i don't know like i'm making loads of um like tiktoks I don't, mean, I don't think I'll do another folk album, particularly. Not, not for a while. Um, but I kind of like that, like, documentary kind of language. Like, looking at, like, folk music, like people would in, like, a documentary or something. Like, because I think all that kind of, the way that I've used, like, folk music in that album is kind of, I don't know, like, surgical or something. Like, all, like a lot, like, most fucking folk culture and all that sort of stuff is, like, a weird blanket. It's kind of gross because it is, like, fucking weird nationalist kind of hell. I don't know, like, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with it, with, like, kind of national national music or whatever, and that kind of whole, like, Scottish kind of pride kind of thing. And, like, I want, yeah, like, I wanted to do, like, sort of like folk music that people that enjoyed folk music would hate as a kind of, like, aggressive kind of thing. Like, I wanted it to be kind of slightly angry, but kind of like a fuck you to folk music, kind of. I don't know, though. It's a confused, like, the fact that I'm confused about it is why I did it. Overlands and Proc Fisco have both shared glimpses into their intricate productions and approaches towards world building. But how does the process of world building and connections to geographic specific myth look when the world you're building is for a specific community? I spoke to Jack Murray Brown and Abby Quick, two artists and radio makers who've been based in the north of Scotland, in Aberdeen, to find out how myth, design and lore influenced their radio station, Ariel. I thought it would probably make sense to start with Ariel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Ariel is a community radio station based in Aberdeen. We kind of found that there were a few people who also wanted to start one here, a community radio station. So we got together with a friend, Molly. We originally were looking at spaces. We were perhaps going to start as maybe being uh, nomadic and having residencies and cafes and stuff and then that all fell through because covid happened i guess we're drawn to this there's a location by the north sea um and we still to this day don't know what the structure is but it's this kind of mast like like on a ship it looks more like a you know an aerial so but so and i i tried we tried to like find information about what this thing was and we just we just couldn't so we thought okay we'll make our own like folklore about it and create this like website and and then we would like say that we were like setting off from the aerial in a sense when we 
did our broadcast on Fridays. And yeah, we had like built up this world, I guess, uh, and had the E-Zone lounge. Um, we're thinking about how can we like create a space on the web where people would listen into the station, but also where people would like feel like they were hanging out together and like keeping it true to like the roots of radio. So like not going full into like VR and a really important part of that was like placing the user listener like in, in Aberdeen. So we had the, on the website, we have a, a looping shot of the North Sea taken by us. We just like went to the aerial. So you just look out giving the like listener a sense that they're like floating above the city in a way. I studied contemporary art practice and myth building was kind of a big part of my method, I guess. Um, thinking about a place and thinking about the layers of histories and places not really being, um, well, obviously being rooted in its geography, but also the kind of attachments we hold to a place. I always thought that Ariel was very well suited to being like transient and just on the airwaves, but also had quite nice like pools to the physical earth. And one of those was the Do You Dream gig series. Well, it started as a its own website and a, a hotline where we always imagined uh, having a space where people could just leave their dreams into the, into an ether and um, spaces to, to dream with. And I guess we were imagining it, it being kind of a, we always wanted it to be a physical event, like a, a listening party, I guess. For the first two dream, um, we did, I guess, something that was somewhat inspired by the, the webcam on the, the aerial site. We had these three webcam feeds in the space. They were recorded over the same duration that the length of the night. Over the course of the four hours, the sun was would kind of the sun was setting and then it would go into nighttime. I guess that kind of the aim there was to kind of match the slowness of the night. Um, because it was it was an ambient night. Yeah. And I think we were trying to like transport people to that to that place. We were able to have our first uh first gig earlier this year in March, I think. And I I guess that comes back to, um, well, using the kind of the wheel of the year and or celestial kind of events is a way of being rooted in, rooted in the earth um, and being just, I guess, being present in that. And again, this idea of a re-enchantment. I think um, it's important to have these like other, other spaces or to make spaces feel like they are other. They, they, like one of the big intentions for Do You Dream was to create this other space in club environments, but like that was at a much slower pace than your usual um, club night. And through that slowness, I think you can then kind of tell a story, but then also allow like space for people's imaginations to to drift to places. Um, so there was, yeah, definitely an intention with the artists we, we booked for all of the all three of the um, do genes that have happened so far in terms of world building and lore and I mean, I guess obviously ambient music as well.
Finally, I'm speaking to Fergus Clark, a founding member of Glasgow's 12th Isle label, frequently touted for its otherworldly, interdimensional and global sounds that feels like it builds a folklore of its own with each release. Uh, my name is Fergus Clark and yeah, I run 12th Isle, which is a record label since 2016 based in Glasgow. It's me and uh, three friends have been running it since then. Uh, I'd been in charge of scheduling and handling the applications for Subcity Radio, so I met a lot of people through that role, including Alan Stewart, who'd moved to Glasgow after working up north. Um, they had a show idea, sent me a PDF with a cool graphic design attached to it. We all sort of bonded over music through that link of the radio station and then decided to begin to throw parties, organizing some events and stuff. And then, yeah, the idea for the record label came about. Yeah, I really associate 12 Isle with uh, a somewhat otherworldly tone, I think through the overall sound of a label, but also the sleeve design certainly comes into play. I remember seeing somewhere uh, that the designs that go along with each release are part of an ever-growing map to the fictional island that is the 12 Isle. I think the world building type thing is like, well, quite evidently intentional uh, with the name and from the name, which we're using for parties before the label, uh, Al kind of used this as like a visual outlet to create some kind of like visual mythology that also um, when we began the label got like a, even more of a platform to, to explore and continue down that path with the different genres and styles, uh, the color of the sleeves. I think these all sort of add to that as well in the last 50 years. 60 years we've obviously had such a drastic change in what might constitute Scottish music in relation to how we well how I might place the label um conceptually in that regard I think the name that we took or the name we chose uh is definitely intended to relate to Scotland somewhat and the kind of idea of like modernity versus the ancient is influential the idea of being at once at once uh, attached to something but also removed from it like a scene or a movement is pretty appealing, I think, with uh, with our mythology. Okay, last question. If the 12 Isle was a real place, how would you get there and what would you get up to on arrival? Uh, the ferry crosses once a month and costs 12 shillings. We're somewhere to the far left, listening to John Holt albums and drinking rum out of coconuts that fall from the sky. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that when you think of how electronic music sounds in Scotland, you'll give some thought to the producers, artists and collectives who draw their inspiration from sources far away from a culture of post-industria and freezing cold warehouse rates. What stands out to me when investigating these connections between folk and elements of music here in Scotland is, for some, being connected to the myths of our past is an essential way to start building fictional, experimental worlds for a utopian future. For others, folk is something to be scorned upon. What seems to matter most, though, is not an idea of Scotland or Scottishness, myth or folk, but making a mark on the small world we inhabit in a way that reflects the complexity of living in a time where past and future can meet endlessly through music. Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange. This episode was produced and presented by Rowan Kreera and executive produced by me. 
This is actually one of my last episodes as I am leaving RA this month uh, after many years. Thank you so much for listening and make sure that you do stay tuned for all the exciting episodes of The Exchange that your new producer, Chloe Lula, has lined up. Take care.